Hey guys, how are you? This is JP Saricolia and welcome again to another episode of Age of Heroes, my podcast. This is episode uh, 161, so we are really uh, up there. You know, we'll be in no time, we'll be in 200, uh, hopefully this year, who knows. But in any case, um, I want to say first of all, thank you to those who are watching this video, uh, for those who are listening to the podcast uh, through the different uh, platforms, whether it's Spreaker, CastBox, TuneIn, iTunes, Stitcher, um, everywhere else. You know, there are so many different platforms that this podcast is um, deliver uh, every week. So I, I thank you uh, all of you for really taking time to really listen to to watch the video on YouTube and to be supportive of this podcast. Uh, again, thank you very much. So uh, uh, this week has been a very interesting week. Um, well, it's been interesting uh, this month and the last two months. Everything that is happening in the world has. Uh, we're living in extraordinary times. And of course, we had pandemics in the past. You can go all the way back to 1917, 1918. Uh, even this stuff that happened in, in more, more, more recent years with the Ebola outbreak in Africa, things like that, um, the Spanish flu, all of that. So, but we live in extraordinary times because the way the, the economies of the world has come together, we live in a global uh, economy. We live in a, in a way where we're so connected to each other. It has really affected every single aspect of life for every single person. Uh, it touches everyone. It has touched us to a, a point that uh, it has affected our, uh, you know, our uh, strength as a nation, the strength that we have as economies. Every industry has suffered. Um, it's suffering the consequences of it. A lot of people are unemployed, not only here in the U.S. I think last week, people like there was 22 million of Americans who signed for unemployment. But this is happening all over the world. Uh, states are taking in this country, here in the U.S., taking uh, some state, uh, states are taking stronger measures uh, measures in order to prevent. Um, you know, more uh, deaths uh, through this pandemic. And of course, this is causing a lot of frustration. Uh, people are against it. People, of course, there are those who believe that this is a, you know, a political host. This is just a, a way to control the masses. This is an intervention of the government, things like that, which I disagree. I, I don't think that this is the main purpose. I don't think there are people out there trying to create this conspiracy to destroy the government just like that simply like that by just destroying themselves because this is uh this illness affects everyone whether you are uh, you know republican democrat or whether you are you know black or white poor or rich it's just it's going all pretty much across the board it's affecting everyone and of course affecting businesses it's affecting employees employers affecting you know every single aspect every single person in this world in one way shape or form um it's definitely turning things around in a way that I, we have never seen and personally in my lifetime i have never seen so definitely it's it it, it can be worrisome it's definitely a bit scary at times uh, but also it's a it's a time where we we're seeing changes and i do believe that we're going to see more changes in every industry and and, and this week i want to talk about one that in particular is important to me which is the comic book world i talked in a previous podcast episode um uh, in regards to the how this is affecting the comic book shops and um, the way things are unfolding uh, and uh, the way that this is going to have a long-term uh, effect and result uh, on a lot of these places. I do believe that many comic book stores are going to close. Uh, a lot of these places are going to uh, shut down completely. And the way we're going to see the comics, the comics in, in the future is going to change. We're going to see a, a drive more towards digital uh, format, and, and we're already seeing that. 
Um, but we're going to see also a change of people that are going to, I do believe, are going to leave the comic, the comics as a hobby, as a whole, because of course, um, if there's no product to, I would say, to pursue, then of course people lose the interest and move to other things. And unfortunately, the comic book world, uh, the comic industry, is not has been ill prepared for for many years now to really confront the future of the entertainment or be part of this uh, new order of entertainment. I, I think uh, in this case, the movie world has moved in a, for, for, for years now, have moved into a, a format that is of course a streaming or digital. And uh, people are going towards that uh, more and more. Gaming has been prepared for this for a long time. Uh, they also have been affected, the, I would say the physical places or the physical copies are people that love physical, but they have created format or platforms where everything is digital. And people are really, you know, using those formats without a problem. So I, they are prepared for that. Unfortunately, the comic industry hasn't prepared for it, has remained I think, with the same, I would say, technique or the same style or the same method for, for many years now. And unfortunately, because they haven't prepared themselves for what is to come, I, I do believe that we're going to see uh, even worse, a worse uh, situation coming in, in months, in the, in the next couple of months and the next couple of years. We're going to see this hobby dying out if, um, I, I would say, measurements or measures are not, not taking uh, to really change direction. So I want to talk about one particular article that I think is turning things around. I've seen a lot of people talking in, in social media about it, and it's uh, in regards to Todd McFarlane. He talked uh, like over a week ago. He had an interview with Forbes, and uh, in that interview, he expressed his opinion in regards to the future of the industry in the midst of COVID-19. And of course, uh, a lot of people took that. I've I seen a lot of videos on YouTube. I've seen a lot of articles on social media uh, from all different sites, from Bleeding Cool and so on and so on. Many of them I really don't care much about uh, because there's a lot of clickbait. And of course, they have misconstructed and reconstructed or they have divided and they have done all sorts of things. So what he said there in that, in that interview. Uh, so I want to really break it down now after, of course, the things have come down a bit and, you know, there's a lot of conversations. I've seen so many different opinions in regards. People that are in favor of what he's saying. People that are against what he's saying. I want to break it down. I want to go back to the source. So I'm not going to go to Bleeding Cool. I'm not going to go to any of those sites that technically are just talking. They're parroting whatever he said. I'm going to go to the, the source, which is Forbes. And I'm going to break it down in this podcast today. Uh, so that way we can see what he's saying. And we can take the takeaway of this. Uh, we can really take and dissect everything into the different perspective, the good, the bad, the things that really make sense, the things that he's right about and the things that he's wrong about. So let's just check that out. And for that reason, I'm here at Forbes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have the link for those who are interested to, to read the whole, um, in this case, article, the whole, whole interview. Tuck McFarlane's urgent warning to the comics industry. Uh, we can't just sit here and do nothing. This is the title. The interviewer is Rob Asakowitz, a senior contributor at Hollywood and Entertainment for Forbes. And uh, here in the title says, well, here on the article starts with Tuck McFarlane uh, wears many hats. President of Image Comics, North America's largest independent comic publisher, and third overall behind Marvel and DC, which he co-founded in 1992. Uh, CEO of McFarlane Toys. Purveyors of quality-made collectible toys and action figures, creator of Spawn, the long-running Supernatural series that recently set the record for most consecutive issues of a creator-owned comic, and I talk about it in this podcast a few months back, 
and a charismatic ambassador of comics culture who's not afraid to ruffle feathers with his strong views. On April 8th, McFarlane is launching his first Kickstarter with a 100,000 uh, target to produce a remastered collector's item spawn action figure and limited edition comic commemorating the 25th anniversary of the first version from 1995 with an option to have it autographed by McFarlane himself. Uh, I talk about this on my YouTube channel. Uh, I have the link that uh, for that as well if you want to watch it. He already surpassed a million dollar. He was it was a very successful crowdfunding. Uh, it really took off like that in a couple of days. Two days, he already had the million dollars. He was only looking for a hundred thousand, uh, which is amazing. A lot of people were so interested. Definitely, I'm interested on in it as well. Now we continue. It says, in the course of an interview to promote the new project and update the status of the Spawn reboot feature film, he offered opinions on a number of issues facing the comics industry in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis, including hot buttons like whether publishers should turn to digital releases while physical product is unavailable. Our conversation has been edited for length and clarity. Now the interviewer asked, tell me about the original Spawn figure Kickstarter. Why go the crowdfunding route? Um, then Tuck McFarlane responded, haven't been in business for over 30 years. I've done all the other channels. I've done dot coms, small stores, collector boutiques, and obviously big retailers. What I've never done is crowdfunding. It's an experiment. We've been talking about it for a while and now it seems like a good time to try it. Once we have it going, we'll have some data to know what's working and what isn't. Uh, the fact is we have to do something. Things have changed in our industry, obviously both on the toy side and the comic side. No new comics are coming out. That's a really dangerous situation, not just for us, but for any consumer industry that relies on established customer habits. If you give your customers a chance to break their habit, they might not come back. I understand how we got here and why we are are at standstill. But even if the distributor diamond is down, we can just sit here and do nothing. So I'm trying to do something. Remember, even if we are not going uh, to stores or movies right now, geeks will always be geeks. That's so true. Uh, so we need to find ways to keep what we do on the minds of customers however we can. Now, the interviewer asks, uh, you've now done over 300 consecutive issues of Spawn to set a record for a creator-owned title. Do you see that continuing indefinitely? Are you still excited about telling stories with that character and that world? Uh, I'm going to, uh, this is the response from Todd, I'm going to migrate with Spawn. I know some people run their course with certain ideas. Those are creative decisions. I've got almost 30 years of that character. I don't feel tired in the least, and it's one area of the business where I have control. I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I don't have to deal with outside influences. It's my haven when I start questioning the sanity of my fellow humans. I can just go and do my own thing with my own character. Now, that doesn't prevent me from coming up with other ideas, but I like having it there for me. Now, the interviewer asks, what's the status of the Spawn feature uh, film reboot? Everybody, everyone wants to know. It sounded like you may have hit a snack last month. Can fans still look forward to the Jamie Foxx, Jeremy Renner version, or is that on hold? Uh, those reports were not quite accurate. That was his, uh, Todd's response. There is someone, a major talent behind the camera. We had our eyes uh, on, and it didn't work out. Uh, it happens, but we didn't lose anyone because we never had him. So we're on the trail of someone else now. It would be a giant headline if we can get the person we're looking at. That said, we're not idle. Jamie Foxx is maybe even more enthusiastic about doing this than I am. Even if it's only two of us, it will be Jamie and myself. Now, the interviewer asks, have you had any talks with streaming services to bring Spawn or other properties to the screen that way? 
uh, Todd responded, we had those conversations. People asked why not a TV show instead of a movie. Part of it is I never directed a feature film. I had an itch to scratch. This might be my only chance. I held on to the rights to attach myself to it. If it works out, uh, we can always bring it over to television. Can we do it as a feature and release to a streamer? Sure, maybe, but there's something to having your picture on a big screen, assuming that's still an option once this is all over. Now, the question is, in this age where media companies are so hungry for proven content, why has this particular property proven such a challenge? And he responded, Todd responded, there's a couple things. I wrote this first draft of the screenplay. If I'd done my job and written a screenplay that mattered, that would have sold it. I'm culpable on that end. I'm guilty uh, to start with. Then there's the fear and risk on the financing side with a first-time writer, first-time director. That's why I went to get Jason Bloom to produce and attach Jamie and Jeremy to add the quality to it. My goal is to continue to have those kind of quality people at all levels. The more I can add those people, the less I become relevant as a risk. Hopefully, the studios will see that I am planning according and going about this in a a business-like way to reduce the back-end risk. And at some point, we'll move forward. Now, going back to the interviewer says, uh, pivoting to current events, this is a pretty dire time for the whole comics and collectibles business, uh, with so many retail stores shut down and distributor halting operations. Uh, you've been through a moment like this before in the late 90s. Do you have any thoughts on how retailers can weather this? And he responded, uh, look, we had downturns. We lost a lot of customers in the 90s. This is different. Now we have zero customers and zero new printed comics. This is a nice way to put it. Uh, the truth of the matter is that people are not buying anything because there's nothing to purchase. So right now it's like it's not like in the '90s. Yeah, the '90s it was a big crash, um, but it was the '90s, of course. You know, people still buying. You know, a lot of people left, but a lot of people still remained here. That's a lot of fans, but they are not purchasing. So technically, there's no business as normal. And we continue on as an industry. We never start at a zero before. It's uh, completely unprecedented, and we don't know where it's going or when it will end. We can try to save uh, retail all we want, but it's tough if consumers can't go to stores. Everything needs demand. What's the demand going to be once we open up? Will people be more conservative about spending? Will they decide they can live without comics for three or four months? So maybe they don't need to spend their money then. Or some people have money and want to buy new stuff, but the stores are out of business. There are a lot of unknowns. The reply of the interviewer was, is there anything the publishers can do? And of course, uh, Todd responded, I think the industry needs a consistent message. Whatever the message is, right or wrong, we need to be consistent, even if we have to adjust it. But we really need to speak with one voice, not four or five different publishers running four or five different programs and methodologies. It just ends up confusing the retailers and the customers. If they put me in charge, <laughs> and no one wants that, I, I, I don't want Todd in charge, I understand. Here's what I do. I take Image, Star Horse, Marvel, and DC, the top 90% of the market, and make a message from the four of us as a unified front, uh, one message. At the very least, I say that I surely amongst the leaders, we can throw in 10 new comics for free as digital downloads, top titles, the one people really want to read. We can afford it. It doesn't necessarily help the retailers, but we can allow customers to lose the 
at exercise of being geeks or getting the regular dose to keep their geekiness going with comics instead of moving on to some other things like streaming video or gaming because they will we need to engage people in comics and if we're not doing new comics i don't get how we can keep them interested this is so important uh, the industry needs to engage with the consumers and i feel that and this is the big problem right now and it has been the problem for years is that this the lack of engagement um the comic industry and the this publishers have become more like mouthpieces for personal opinion you know where they share their view but they really don't uh connect with the consumers the people that are at least actually support the industry in a way and there's something that is this kind of like lack of communication or this disconnect that has been for many years is now really biting everyone in the butt now people say do they have to be free couldn't they be 99 cents and for me the answer is yes free we've done okay we can afford to give something back uh, that's for sure and a lot of these publishers are making a lot of money not only starting with the comic industry but also on the side of the movies and all that you know the games and all that they are doing fine uh, then once this is over we can do three to five events to give people a reason back into stores maybe we can coordinate the timing for one so each company gets a turn into in the spotlight maybe do some cross-company stuff to make it sexy i disagree with that i don't think the crossover even though it sounds nice on paper not necessarily the best way to address the problem the problem is not just creating these big bombastic events and we're going to talk about it in just a moment uh things that we the companies have done in the past then always fizzled out you know they're not as interesting it's about keeping people interested it's about going back to what i've talked before in this podcast and in my youtube channel it's about the storytelling that's something that we, we're going to talk in a moment that i believe is a big problem Maybe the industry will be diminished. It depends how long it goes. It's unknown. But whatever is left is the new norm. We'll need to adjust and work from there. And it's true, you know, we are, whatever is coming back, it's not going to be like it used to be. It's going to be different. And uh, the industry needs to adjust to that That point that part now going back to the interviewers says retailers have expressed concerns that if publishers release new content digitally it will end up hurting them on the other hand you have fans sitting at home hungry for new content who probably pay for digital copies in the short term that could help publishers and creators where do you stand on how that should play out and Todd responded I don't agree with retailers doing nothing can't be the answer if we'll all stand still and hold our breath how does that improve what we are doing now if I put spawn out digitally for free uh, or at discount for a few months does that mean customers won't buy those issues at retail maybe not but I say to the stores don't worry about getting issue 307 308 309 that comes out when you're closed and can get printed copies anyway fans will come back for 310 when things reopen they'll come back for Batman or whatever they're reading who cares about the number it's a comic you're selling at the same price who cares if people get it at different ways in the meantime that is so true the problem right now is that if you put a cut right now people are going to lose the interest and you have to keep the interest and i've always been a very supportive of digital media i think digital also alongside physical they work great together uh, some people don't see it they think that you know only digital is hurting uh, physical and some people think that you know you, you have to stick with physical and some people think digital is the way to go but i do believe that they can work alongside if you really plan it well and i do believe that in this situation Todd is completely right. Here's what I know about addicts. The longer they go sober, the easier it is to stay sober. We don't want our customers to break the habit. It's a, not a nice way to put it, but it's true. Uh, consumers will be filling their, uh, their time somehow. Why let a competitor fill that with streaming media or games? We need to fill it. 
And it's so true because the truth of the matter is that we have to see this. The comic world is not just a unique world. It's a part of entertainment. And people want to be entertained, whether it's watching television, watching through uh, uh, streaming services, whether it's playing video games. They are going to fill the void uh, in entertainment one way or another. And if we, the industry is not prepared, which is not, you know, of course, it's going to affect uh, people are going to move into something totally different. And I know that because. I experienced that myself. Um, back in the early 2000s, I left to read, and I stopped reading comics. And I started later on, you know, playing video games more and more. And I've been reading video games, for, you know, playing video games for a long time. And uh, I just, until a few years back recently, I came back to read comics again, you know, really strong. But there were, uh, I think, a lapse of, I would say, probably 10 years where I wasn't. Uh, and I feel that this is the situation uh, because I, I lost interest because a lot of the stuff that was out there wasn't interesting to me anymore. And, it, you know, I think gaming was more engaging and uh, as a, from a storytelling standpoint. Uh, so I do believe that he's t- totally right on this. We, as the companies, have the power to make that happen. Remember, back in 2011, retailers didn't want digital comics to come out on the same day and date as print comics, thinking it would doom the industry. They were wrong. It helped sales. We have an industry that's built around weekly gatherings, conventions, where people come to the conventions and get their books signed, not their iPads. They need something physical. That's never going away. We can look at other models like music and be afraid of what happened to record stores because of digital. We have uniqueness. We can share this and rally around. And this is so, so true. You know, the way he put it is nice. You know, I, I do believe that. I do believe that he's t- right on this. You know, even though we can use digital, like I, I read digital on a daily basis. I, I love to read digital because it's simple. It's easy to do. You know, I only grab my iPad. I can grab my phone. And I can read anywhere I go. I don't have to carry books with me. I love it. But ultimately, I also am a collector of comic, particularly hardcover books and I don't collect single issues anymore but I collect hardcover collections I love those and yes if you go to a comic book convention you want those things signed you want all that you know people want still that physical connection but you need a way to simplify things so they can work alongside you know the music industry work in a different manner but the comic book world the comic book industry is so personal because still connect with people you know there's still gatherings like you said there's conventions people are still connected in so many different ways to different groups music doesn't have that you don't have groups for a specific artist you know people talking about an artist you don't have groups on facebook about that but you have groups talking about comics uh, there's multiple groups out there so it's very very personal now, going back to the interview where he asked, looking ahead, is there a way to shore things up for the future? Todd responded, we have one distributor for print comics, and they decided for safety reasons to cease operations. Because we're all tied to one person, that one decision affects the whole industry. It was probably the right decision, but it's not healthy in the long run for one person to hold the fate of the entire industry. We should be doing a reassessment when we all come out on the other side and ask some hard questions about how to buffer ourselves from this happening again. And that was the end of the interview. And it's totally, totally true. You know, this is not something that we, I would say, the industry can afford. As much as uh, Diamond has been important to the industry, it's also uh, has created a problem right now because they are technically pretty much keeping the industry hostage. Uh, a decision that in reality is to protect people's lives, but ultimately it's affecting the way things are produced. And now this is the situation, but what happened in the future, not only through illness, a situation with, in this case, uh, distributor fails as a business, and who, how they're going to be able to distribute all of that. So definitely there's, there needs to be a change, and, uh, I, and that, in that sense I would say that Todd is completely right. 
All right. That was an interesting interview. Uh, I would say that I totally agree. And I will tell you, I got to be honest with you. I didn't read the article at first. Uh, I read the other articles by other places like Bleeding Cool and all of that. And, you know, different opinions. I saw a couple of videos on YouTube. Uh, so, you know, everyone is different, have a different approach. Some people, uh, you know, applauding uh, Todd for what he's saying. Some people saying he's totally wrong about what he's saying. And of course, it's all, it's mixed, uh, I would say, messages everywhere. Uh, so, but I never read it. So I went back to the source. It's something that I always recommend people. Don't just go by hearsay. Don't go by what people are saying or by just some clickbait site is telling you go to the source and going to the source i can now agree because i was a bit uh well some of the, the articles that i read i was like okay i think Todd is wrong but then when i read it i go to the source i realize that he's right in a lot of things a couple of things i disagree with but for the most part he is spot on um there's a lot of things that really need to change i do believe i do believe that the industry needs change. I do believe that um, right now, this is definitely a test, a big test that is proven, is proving that the industry is not in the best shape uh, it needs to be. Not the, the way things have been going from the past, I would say 10 years, uh, the past 20 years. I do believe that uh, the industry needs some a shakeup. It needs a change uh, in order to adjust to the future uh, moving forward. If you follow my podcast since the beginning, uh, I have talked uh, several times about this subject in regards to why is it that the, um, the comic book world is failing uh, and failing in so many aspects. First of all, to understand the audience, to understand what they need to do. It's failing because it has moved into a definitely a more like a niche um, industry rather than being more inclusive. Uh, not necessarily when I'm talking about inclusiveness, I'm talking about just creating messages for everything that sometimes are more like justice warrior things. But, you know, be inclusive in the sense that how can we connect with people in all different terms and in a way that everyone can, you know, be part of. The gaming world has really changed um, that and has really show in a way that it can really touch everyone. Because you, you go back into the gaming world, there is multiple uh, teams, there's multiple, uh, you know, subjects there's multiple styles of gaming and there's anything for anyone people that love sports there's games for sports people that love shooters there's shooters people that love the classic retro style there's some of that people that like adventure storytelling there's all of that all of that so it's so broad and people from all different levels whether people that love gamers there are pro gamers from people that they just like to play on their phones you know what they're sitting at work there are there's something for everyone and unfortunately comics they have moved away from that, you know, like, you know, you know, the only place that you, you, you can find games everywhere. You can go to the store, supermarket, you know, they sell, have a section where they sell video games. You can go, not necessarily you have to go to GameStop, you know, you don't necessarily have to go to Best Buy. You can go to Walmart. You can go to many supermarkets. They have it. Uh, you can just download it digitally everywhere. You can download from your apps, you know, from your phone. You can do so many things. You can find ways to play video games in so many different ways. With comics, it has become a place where the only place that you're going to find physical is the comic book shops. And as much as I love, you know, sometimes go to comic book shops, I also sometimes hate going to comic book shops. Because it becomes a place for, you, uh, you kind of elevate this environment where only people that are part of it, they just are the same people that go every Wednesday, you know, to get new comics. The people that come every week just to, for the same thing. And it's not growing, it's just dying out. You know, it's dying out. 
you know, I still remember the day when you can go to the grocery store and that's where you can find your comic books uh, right there at the cashier uh, lane. You can get that in the in the register. You can get the comics at, you know, at your pharmacy. You can get your comics at your local gazebo, local newsstand. But, you know, we don't get none of that anymore. And I think companies that go into this more niche type of market, I was talking to my wife about it not long ago, they suffer. You can see that. You can see in every business. And you can see, for example, even on GameStop, the gaming is bigger than ever, but GameStop is struggling because they have only concentrated on a niche type of environment. And they have tried to adjust into different things, selling all the type of things and items and stuff like that. But they're still hurting because at the end of the day, GameStop is a place just for people that are hardcore gamers in one way or another. And some people go there, you know, and they are more casual. But because they are, they, they pretty much label themselves one thing, they are suffering the consequences of just being a singular thing. So we're going to see more of the comic book shops closing down because they have nothing else to offer. Some of them are adjusting into creating other type of things. But the way things are heading uh, definitely are not beneficial for it. Now, I'm not saying this because I, 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 you know, I hate comic book shops. You know, I have good experiences there. I also have bad experiences there. But I do believe that the industry needs to shape up. You know, yes, you have to preserve, you know, the jobs of people you want to help people to have, you know, people that depend on these businesses. But the, the most important thing is the consumer relationship with the creators. At the end of the day, comic book shops are just the middleman that provides some service to people. They provide the comics they need to get a cut from that. But ultimately, my concern is not necessarily, even though I care about these people, you know, for their jobs, my concern is the relation between the creators, the people that actually put the stuff out, and, of course, the consumers. That relationship needs to be strengthened. And this is something that even the gaming industry has done, you know, because now you, you can purchase directly from different services and that money goes straight to the publisher. And, this is, and of course, the people that the platform gets a cut, they are become the, the intermediate, in this case, the middleman. But, you know, they get most of the revenue and some of the sites like and Ubisoft and all that and they through Uplay and all the services, they also through the PC, they are selling their games directly to the consumer. So they're making money. I do believe that we're going to have to see that at some point in the comic book industry where there is the physical manner, where there is like you have to sign, you know, to get your stuff through the mail, whether you have to go to different locations to do it, whether we have not only comic book shops, but more comic books in places like Walmart, Superstore store supermarkets again i think it would be great i do believe what he's saying is right the problem that one person one company which is uh, diamond distributors is holding the entire industry hostage you know they hold they put a hole on everything is really affecting instead of benefiting the industry so there needs to be a change a way where they in, in this case the publishers are directing they're creating new form or ways they're creating um new methods to deliver to the consumers and ultimately if digital kind of delivers that uh, it's important too you know it's important to have that too i do believe that digital needs to grow in order for um the comic book industry to be stronger uh right now they can provide that you know you like i said you know like i mentioned in my youtube channel some publishers have given stuff 
stuff for free. You know, like Marvel is doing it, Dark Horse is doing it, this is not doing it, I don't know why they're not doing it. And even Image Comics is not doing it. So I do believe that if they want to be strong and they want to keep the consumers happy, they have to deliver that. And I do believe that consumers have to be ready to the, for the change. If you're not ready for the change, your whatever passion you have or whatever you do, the little part of the industry that you love is going to die out if you're not there to support it. In order to support these publishers, you know, in order to get and continue being comic book readers, we have to continue supporting this one way or another. So it's all about adapt adaptability. It's all about changing the way we think. So I agree with him in those areas. I don't agree when he's talking about crossovers because, you know, the bottom line, and I've talked about it in my channel many times before, is that, you know, crossovers don't e ever really connect with people in, in the way they should. Um, it's not the way to do it. You know, there's been so many crossovers. Even Marvel and DC got a crossover at some point back in the 90s. Didn't work out so great. You know, Image has some, done crossovers within their own, and their crossovers within their own lines. But it's never really, it, it's, it's good. It brings some people, you know, but it fizzles out so quickly. And it's never good storytelling. I do believe that most importantly, uh, the industry needs to concentrate on creating good storytelling, good stories that people are engaged with. And that brings and will preserve this industry. People are going to be eager to continue buying if you have good stories. The problem is that we don't have good stories nowadays. And because we don't have that many good stories, particularly in the superhero genre, because in other genres, there's good storytelling. I've I, I got to be honest. But a superhero genre is the one that is the biggest in the industry, always been. But the stories are poor, poorly written, poorly in, you know, created. Uh, just for the sake of selling more comics or, you know, sending you to another comic book and you're trying to sell more copies of nothingness, just thin air because there's no, it's not good storytelling. So if they concentrate on that, people will be eager to buy whether it's physical or digital. They will go whatever they need to go to continue reading the stories. The industry needs change. The industry is going through a lot of challenges for sure. Uh, but I personally don't see the industry improving if they continue on the same pattern uh, they need to move away from the practices they have done for the last 20 years that haven't been successful yes they were good at the beginning they safeguard uh, the the hobby but at the same time over time that has become toxic for the industry and for the hobby uh, if we don't move away from those things uh, i don't see a better future for comics or uh, at least a feature that we know as as of right now, um, and people are moving away in masses to other uh, entertainment services and other entertainment uh, universes, whether it's gaming or whether it's uh, uh, you know streaming, you know uh, television, movies, and stuff like that. The closure of all this has really showcases the I would say the cracks in the system, and uh, it's not pretty at all. Uh, but what is your opinion? What do you think about it? Are you uh, in favor of what Todd is saying? Are you against what he's saying? Do you think he's right? Do you think he's wrong? Let me know. I know there is a lot to talk about it. It's a lot of ideas I have in my mind on this. There's so many things that can go wrong and so many things that can go right. But ultimately, uh, like he's saying, we cannot just simply stay still on this. You're going to be idle about it. You know, we have to do something. And if we don't do it, it's going to be worse. Um, so definitely there's a lot to think about, but it's important that I think the industry takes action rather than just sit still and wait for, you know, something major to happen. Um, well, of course, that's just my opinion. And, and I do believe that's the right approach to things. It's just better to act now than wait for later and, you know, just mourn the losses. So my friends, I want to say thank you for supporting this. Um, I'm having this on Saturday. 
I'm going to try to do this perhaps Saturday so I go to the podcast. I'm measuring things and see how things unfold uh, for this podcast. Uh, so you see those changes here. But you always can access the podcast at any given time. But uh, I want to I wanna say thank you again for being supportive of this. I hope you're all doing fine. I hope you're doing well. Um, you know, stay safe. Follow the instructions. Um, you know, protect your family, protect your loved ones. It's better to be safe than sorry. Um, and I think we can overcome this challenge if we first of all if we just are patient and obedient you know of the the laws you know the, from professionals that they're working in the field their job is to make sure that we're doing okay their job is not to you know to harm people i don't think the medical field the doctors or the specialists or the people are running all this and they making these recommendations are doing it because they want to hurt people uh they're doing it because you know they also want to you know, they, they're fulfilling their ought, you know, which is, you know, to protect life. And uh, if people are not listening to them, then um, I don't think it's their fault. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think it's wise just to, you know, I don't have any medical expertise. I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to school for that. So I don't, I cannot have say what is right, what is wrong. I just have to follow the instructions of the professionals, the people that really know what they're talking about. And I do believe that that should be the case. Of course, this is my opinion. Uh, I respect whatever opinion you have in, in the matter. So, my friends, God bless you. Take care. And I'll talk to you on this podcast again this week. Bye-bye.